so many people I talk to are, are like, how dare I be joyful or go to try to be happy when the world is in so much pain? And I think this is a real thing that we want to talk about because I say, how dare you not? Because one person loving themselves, one person choosing joy is the best and most powerful way we can make a difference in the world because it's one less person hurting, one less person who's stuck in shame, hate, guilt, and fear. And people who love themselves do kind things. People who choose joy are compassionate to other people. And so it's not just about you at all. It has nothing to do with you really because it's about uplifting the whole community, your family, your loved ones. And so choose joy, like choose self-love and watch how your world changes. Today I'm joined by the joy seeker, adventurous soul, and creator of play with the world, Shannon Kaiser. Going from depressed drug addict to loving herself and creating a life of joy, Shannon has become an inspiration to hundreds of thousands of people worldwide who want to break free from their fears and step into their highest potential. So Shannon, welcome to the show. Hi, it's so good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited and I can literally feel that, that energy already, that, that joy that, that you bring to every interaction, right? And what mm -hmm. I love about your work is you address one of the most common paths to misery, which is people thinking they need to be perfect and they need to succeed and they need to you know, measure up to some kind of level of arbitrary success that they have to find for their lives in order to feel like they can love themselves. But that's mm -hmm. not really the case, is it? So can you share with us sort of your philosophy around how we can step into love on a daily basis. You know, I think it's interesting because we're chasing this peak, a lot of us, at least I was for many, many years, chasing these peak moments. Like when I lose the weight, I'll be happy. When I get out of debt, when I meet my soulmate, when I get the house, like it's always this thing that's the next thing and we chase it. And then a lot of times we get it and I was at that place in my life and I was like, is this all there is? And it turned into drug addiction, eating disorders, complete extreme self-hate. And I went on an inward journey. And that's when I realized that what we're seeking is not outside of us and everything shifted. And I went on an inward journey, changed careers, left all of the addictions and the drugs and the depression and made it my life's work to help pe people connect to their true self. And you can't do that outside of yourself you have to go inward. And that's really what it's about because that's where we're living with ourselves every day. And so how are we talking to ourselves? It starts with that. And I think there's a lot of tools that we can use and it's about showing up like to podcasts like this and seeing videos like this and coming to the resources and the tools. But eventually we get to a place where we realize that we have the power within us to feel better. It's a choice. Yes, absolutely. love that this element of choice, right? And and one of the biggest choices, or really the first choice we need to make is we start the process. We start that journey of developing ourselves from the inside out. So what was that moment that shifted it for you where you were like, I can't take this pain anymore. You know, I'm living a life that isn't fulfilling me. What was that moment that shifted you where you said, now it's time to start this? You know, it's interesting because I call them pivotal moments and I've had a few different pivotal moments on my journey. And the very first one was I, I, it was almost like a spiritual awakening because I was diagnosed with clinical depression and I was waiting at the doctor's office. They were filling my prescription and I opened up a magazine and I read a magazine article that said dogs can help with depression. And I knew I always wanted to adopt a dog. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but I was so like, you got one? <laughs> 
all of a sudden my inner voice was like, go get a dog. And so I went that route instead of, I know that the prescription drugs help many people at certain times in their lives, but my inner voice, that's the first time I listened to my inner voice. And I'm so glad I did because I adopted a dog. And by having him in my life, I found self-love. I found purpose. I found meaning and hope. But then when he passed away, it, this is about three years ago, it's interesting. So that was pivotal moment number one. Pivotal moment number two was when he passed away and I went into such extreme grief again and uh, a depression. And here I was, a best-selling author. I had been doing this career for about eight years, coaching and writing and leading retreats. And I questioned everything. And that's when I realized I was still putting my joy outside of myself in something, even though it was a dog, it was something outside of me. And as much as I loved him when he was gone, it was this experience of, I have to learn how to rely on joy without depending on anything outside of me. And that is the biggest pivotal moment for my whole entire life because it really stepped me into what my my true purpose and career and everything really is and my mission which is to know that we are the own heroes of our own life and it's it's really about us yeah i absolutely love that message and i think this is something so important for people to realize right that at the end of the day it comes from the inside and also that mm -hmm. that process is never finished like you never arrive there and you're done for the rest of your life. But even if, like you say, you're this best-selling author, you teach hundreds of thousands of people how to be happy. And still, of course, just like everybody else, because you're not perfect. You're not genetically different. You're not wired differently, right? But you've made it yourself. And so that's an important insight, I think, that even the people we look up to, whether they're athletes, whether they're you know, entrepreneurs, whatever it is, they're not different. They all struggle. They all go through these dark times and sometimes it goes up and sometimes it goes down. And so thank you for sharing that message. Um, yeah, and I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to share multiple pivotal moments because I think I know in my journey in the beginning, I would look outside and see these people who looked like they had it all together. Yeah. And, I would, and I would really think, gosh, what's wrong with me? Yeah, and, right? Especially with the social media culture yes. that we're living in. And you know, one of the things I talk about in my recent book, which is this pivotal moment turns into my latest book, Joy Seeker, um, which is how to be who you are and let go of what's holding you back. And one of the biggest things that busts us, I call them joy busters, blocks us from feeling joy is comparing, but also thinking others are more special than us. Like you said, celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs that you're seeing, it's great to learn from people who have been on the journey and are farther along. I think having mentors and coaches is amazing. But the difference is when we idolize them, when we focus on them being better than and more special, that's the problem that I think a lot of us don't even realize that we're focusing on because it makes us feel less than. But we're all equal. We're yeah. all going through stuff and we just are on our own journeys learning and growing. Yeah, I love that you bring up social media here because I think it is such a powerful thing because like reality and perception can be very, very different, I think, when it comes to social media, right? People post those you know, pictures from the beach, right? Those beautiful vacations, but they don't post the tough times or the times when they're struggling, the times when they're sad or tired or frustrated. And I think it gives us this limited view of how life should be or could be or whatever it is. And we think that's how we need to be, this picture-perfect version. But what I realized with every single one of my guests, none of them are perfect. Even the best in the world, even the happiest in the world, we'll have our ups and downs. And that, I think, is a beautiful realization that you don't need to be perfect. Oh, I love it. And that's really what it's about. And that's the message that I really want to share in the latest book. It's all about 
being where you are instead of where you think you need to be and embracing where you are. And that's where self-love comes in. And self-love is like a word we hear a lot. It gets thrown around. And some of us feel like self-love is selfish, but really what it is, is it's about appreciation for self. It's about honoring yourself. And when we're looking at social media, a lot of times it's just, as we know, it's just a highlight reel of someone's life. It's a very curated yeah. thing. I just it's like those once in a month kind of cool things. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And there's probably about a billion pictures they took in order to get one shot to yes. post in that way. And then there's filters and then there's, there's um, I had just read an article the other day how Instagram might be implementing a, a little tag that says this photo may have been altered. Oh, so people who are photoshopping or using like Facetune, it's going to be more transparent. I hope they implement that because I think a lot of us are feeling like we're getting like really insecure in our everyday life. And this is why the catfish thing is going on. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's so much fakeness and it's yes. really about getting back to the real. Let's get back to the authentic us because you are enough as you are. That's how I feel. I absolutely love that. Now, before we dive a little deeper into some of those joy busters, um, can you share with us a little bit? Cause you mentioned this dog and it seems like that was really getting that dog was a really pivotal moment. What do you learn from that dog? Um, or how did that affect you that that really began to shift your thinking? Well, I think it was really amazing. Tucker was his name and he was a rescue dog. And I always say like we rescued each other because I really learned what's, if you're a dog lover or animal lover, especially dogs, I wrote written articles for him too. There's one on Huffington Post, what your dog wants to tell you, but can't. And one of them is, I see you and you're beautiful. Like, I wish you saw yourself the way I see you. Because if you ever notice how dogs look at you, like, they love you. They don't care if you brushed your hair today. They don't care if you've showered. Like, (laughs) you're just this picture perfect human being to them, right? (laughs) All the time. I mean, you keep feeding them and walking them, so they love it. But I think it's really amazing. So, what I learned is to start seeing myself in a way that with more self compassion. That was the biggest lesson. So, really, it's about self love. And then also, what I found with dogs, especially, and I grew up with dogs, but having my own dog, it was really about this underlying, like this unconditional love, this love for another. And you get that with dogs a lot of times. They love you no matter what. There's a lot of forgiveness and they become a friend. And I think that's really a powerful thing. We can do that in our own life with ourselves. We can start being our own friends too. Yes. I love that idea, right? Cause it's so easy to love other people, but if we yeah. take the same mindset, like you say, right. And apply to ourselves, if we look at ourselves the same way with the same you know, strengths and weaknesses that all of us have, right? And we appreciate it about ourselves the same way as we do appreciate a friend. If we create the same self-talk, right, that we use for our friends, that's a really powerful thing. I love that. It's so important too, because I think if you, if you just wake up in the morning and you think for a moment about your routine. So a lot of times I used to just open my phone and instantly go to like the news or the media or social media or email. And it was like bombarded, bombarded coming at you. And then all of a sudden the inner critic sits in because it's like, oh, I didn't work out as long as I wanted or I ate crappy last night. Like it's this constant dialogue that starts the moment we wake up for many of us. In fact, a study when I was doing research for one of my books, The Self-Love Experiment, the last book I wrote, um, I found that it was 90% of 90% of women could not say they loved themselves. And I think it was like 95% wow. of people 
said that they had something they wanted to change. And this is people, men and women. So these are like staggering things. That means we're not accepting ourselves. And a lot of it is because culture is telling you you need to be different. The ads are saying you're not good enough. But if we start up here from the moment you wake up, and I started a morning routine where I didn't go to my email first or look at the news or media. And instead, I started a gratitude practice. And I did this back when I was diagnosed with depression. I said, I feel hopeless. I had suicidal thoughts. And I was like, I don't know what the life, I don't know what the point of life is. I was in a career that was totally different. I was working in advertising. And I chose in that moment, I said, well, I don't have control over anything because I feel hopeless. But what I can control is how I start my day. And I'm going to choose to focus on at least one thing I'm grateful for. And it would be like, I'm so grateful for the bed that I just woke up on. It's so soft. I started small, right? And then I was like, even just the other day, here we are like 12 years later. And I'm like, I love my bed, you know? And then you make it a bigger gratitude practice. And you go through, like I wake up five, six, seven things. And I just run through the things that I appreciate. And it turned into me starting to appreciate the job that I hated, the boss that was causing me a lot of pain and angst. And so you start to think about the small things we can do. I feel gratitude is the life force of everything. We have to start there. Absolutely. Love that. The beautiful thing about gratitude is it also, like you mentioned, it helps you reframe situations that in the moment may be painful, right? Maybe it's a job, maybe it's a boss, right? But once you can start to look at it a different way and you're like, well, at least I got a job, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) I find I got a way to to feed my kids and to take care of my family and all that, right? Uh, Those are things that even if things aren't perfect, but those are the things we can really hold on to and grab, really grab and bring into our world. So how else has your uh, you know, morning ritual evolved over time? You mentioned you stopped checking your emails, you started gratitude in the beginning. Yeah. Are there other things you do in the morning to really you know, sort of create the joy? Yes. In fact, I actually think everyone can implement a morning routine because it totally, my days are so much more balanced now. I feel more aligned. I feel more connected and I'm definitely not as agitated. I used to be kind of like edgy and stuff. So interesting enough, I started with my values. I said, well, what do I value as a person? And I started to list them out and I value family time. I I value nature. I value expressing myself creatively. I value my spirituality. So I created a morning routine that connects all those values. And this is very powerful. So my morning routine looks like I start with my gratitudes and then I go for a nature walk with my new dog that I have. Oh, yes. (laughs) And we go for a nature walk and really enjoy the day, get started. And then I come back and I do at least 15 minutes, try to make it more, but 15 minutes of meditation or just allowing myself to just sit and be present with what comes up. And then I'll journal on that. I think journaling as a writer, of course, is really powerful. But even if you don't write, we have, what I do is more guided writing. It's like automatic writing where you just ask a question and you just let your subconscious write. So you're getting in touch with your intuition. And this is my favorite tool that I've implemented really more solid over the past year because my intuition now leads throughout the day. Everything I do And that's really what it's about, connecting back to your true self, not needing clues from the others. People, like, have you ever called a friend and another friend and like a mom and a dad? You're like, I need help. I need help. I can't figure this out. And you're asking everyone, but you know everything they say isn't resonating because the answer is in you. And so now you're leading your life from a place of, I know what's right for me and I'm going to take steps. And that's why my days flow a lot more because I'm in touch with my true self. You know, it's such a great point that you're making here is that like all the stuff that makes us happy is usually already within us right people know you for our listeners you know already if gratitude makes you happy if meditation makes you happy if exercise makes you happy if spending time with your friends makes you happy 
And sometimes it's literally just going out there and doing it, right? It's it stopping is. all the thinking, stopping all the, oh, what would be the perfect thing to do right here, right? And it's doing things that feel good. It's sort of following your bliss, this idea. I love this idea of right? follow your bliss, follow the things that actually make you feel good, right? And usually yeah. you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. And you say it because I feel a lot of my life coaching clients too, at first will be like, I need a routine. I need a step-by-step. And it's always like, well, let's get in line with what brings you joy, create a routine around you. You yes. are the star of your own universe because we can see what Tony Robbins is doing and we can see what Gary Vee is doing and we can see what all these people and that's great, but it works for them because they are in alignment. I saw this uh, quote on social media the other day and it was what you see in other people that you either get jealous of or you're seeing that you want it's their authenticity. And when you see them authentic, all these people we admire who are ahead of us, and you look at these entrepreneurs, and you're like, they got it together. Yeah. It's because they're being authentic with themselves. And you do authentic to you because trying to copy what they do, as I talk about in my last book, in the beginning of my career, I was like, oh, my mentor just launched a course. I'm going to do a course the exact same way. <laughs> it totally flopped for me. Like, yeah. totally <laughs> And I was like, what happened? Then I realized it's not even a message I wanted to teach on. That was a message that really resonated with them and their audience. And so a lot of times, I think in the beginning of our entrepreneur journey, in our journey of following our heart, we do try to mimic others because that's how we learn as humans. So just be compassionate and kind with yourself. But if I could go back to my younger self, the one just starting my career, the first thing I would say is just do you. Do what feels good to you because if you start in there, step by step, you're building on a solid foundation and it's beautiful. I always say your life will flow the more you you show or abundance will grow the more you you show. It's kind of this idea of the more you put you into your life, the easier your life will be. Yes, I love authenticity, right? It's something that they think you can almost see in people, right? If they're being their authentic self, they have a different energy, right? They have they show up in a different way, they stand, they talk in a different way. And you just see that person really showing me the true self, which I think is the yeah. most beautiful and connecting thing that you can do to other human beings, right? Just showing them your authentic self with all your flaws and all your fears and all your failures, even, right? Yes. And and so I think it's so important. In fact, one of, the, one of the most interesting things right now in positive psychology, so the signs of, of happiness really is, there's actually you know, measurements that really help you understand like, what sort of techniques or tools are best for you, right? Because like you mentioned, like for some people, certain things, certain things that may work for Tony Robbins or may work for Gary Vaynerchuk may not work for you because you're different, right? You're wired different, you're thinking differently, your life is different, which means you also require different things in your life. So maybe gratitude yeah. works for you. Maybe it doesn't then find something else. But like you say, this authenticity and understanding ourselves and then aligning our daily routines with how we really are on the inside is so powerful. Yeah. And I think uh, to that point, what's interesting is a lot, I find the number one fear and it's also a joy buster, but the number one thing that holds us back is fear of what other people will think. Mm -hmm. And whether we're stepping forward into, we have, a dream that we want to manifest or we're wanting to just show more of the real us to the person in our relationship. We're terrified of being rejected. We're terrified of not being accepted at the core. All humans are the same because we want to be loved and accepted and seen for who we are. But I find most of us are terrified to even see ourselves. And so this is where the deeper psychology comes in. And all of the books that I write are, are designed to address this in the sense that it's about being who you are unapologetically. Because the more you give yourself permission to be who you are, 
the habits you have, the weird quirks, the things mm -hmm. that you think are not good about you are actually the things that the world needs. Because the more you you show, the easier it's going to be. I say your true tribe can't show up until yes. you do. <laughs> <So>, and so <laughs> give yourself permission that if, they, if you feel that fear, like how could I possibly dare like say what I really want to say to my grandfather or my mom or my sibling whatever it is I challenge and invite in a beautiful loving way everyone who's listening and watching to really just give yourself what I call the I dare like play truth or dare with yourself and just dare yourself to just take one step who is one person in your life that you are really wanting to become closer to but you're you're scared of being rejected and just share more of your real self whether it's a story whether it's an opinion or whether maybe you just want to express yourself more openly by the way you dress or the way you do your hair it's about personal expression that's how we start to learn to create a relationship with ourselves yes love that so maybe just to bring that point home, i'm going to share a quick personal story so until about two years ago, maybe I was deathly afraid of people, of connecting with people. I was afraid to even talk to people, even my best friends or my family, because I felt so insecure on the outside, right? And so whenever I met people, I felt like I had to fit in, right? I felt like I wanted to be part of the tribe. And so I was hanging out with people that I didn't actually like, right? That wasn't actually, I just felt there was this disconnect in the way that they were living their lives and the way they were thinking about life but I wanted to hang out with them because I, want, I was craving that love basically at that time. And it was only when I really learned to love myself from the inside, I was like, okay, those are not the right people, right? So I'm gonna be authentic, right? I'm gonna show who I really am, all those craziness, all that, those eccentricities, right? And what began to happen is very much what you said, is like you begin to attract the real tribe. You begin to attract the people that love those eccentricities, that love those weirdnesses, right? And so I think it's so important because we want to fit in, like you say, but you don't want to fit in with the wrong crowd. You want to find yeah. the right people and fit in with those guys and attract those into your life. So love that. What are you saying here? I'm so glad you shared that personal story because I feel like every single person on the planet can relate. We want so much to fit in and we all have moments in our life where we get to a point and what happens when you go on a personal growth journey or personal growth journey or spiritual journey or you step into like, I want more for my life. You always get to a place where you realize that the people you've been hanging out with don't fit who you really are. <laughs> and so it's, it becomes this moment where, and I talk, like I said, in my book, there's actually a whole chapter on this because it's, I had so many coaching clients and in my retreats, I started to see this over and over where people are like, I don't know what to do. And I went through it and you went through it where it's like, do I hang on to what's not just so I can fit in with these people? But what you start to realize when you break away, the people who really need you, want you, love you, and can support you in the, for the real you are waiting. It's almost like your future self wants you to let go. And so a lot of the work becomes letting go of what is no longer working in your life. And most of the time, it's letting go of people letting go of positions in your life where you put like positions with beliefs about yourself, letting go of certain habits. It's not like, I mean, yes, it's letting go of certain stuff like in your house, like I want to clean out clutter, but there's always a process. It's always a process of letting go so you can grow basically. Yeah. I love that. Right. It's like, like you can't fill up an, a full cup, right? You can't, you can't pour in more water if it's full already. And I think that's what people are trying to do, right? It's like they have a full social circuit that doesn't fulfill them. And then they're trying to find other people, but they're already full, right? They're every, every day is booked out and then you can't find new people. So the only and way I, I found also, it's, 
Oh yeah, go ahead. The only go way ahead. I found is like to get rid of those and then open that space and maybe engage in new hobbies or go different places, right? Where you can meet new people, interact with them. And then if there's even one in a hundred people that you connect with, that's beautiful. Yes, it is because your, your relationships are more nourishing and they're deeper and more fulfilling because you're really being seen for who you are and you're being loved and supported. And so I think it's definitely about quality versus quantity. And I think in the beginning of our, our journey, before we really dive into self-love, we're just trying so hard to be accepted. Yeah. But if you first accept yourself, then everything changes and you realize you don't need a whole bunch of people around you. Even if you're in a crowded room and you're hanging out with one person who really gets you, you're more fulfilled than you were trying to be the center of attention in the party of like 25 people. So it's a yes. big difference, but I, I do find a lot of times people are terrified. They're terrified, and why is because we've come from a place of living to the best of our ability. Like if you were to ask me, or if I were to ask you two, three years ago, if you were being true to yourself, you'd say, yeah, right? You think you are. You don't really know, am I being true? Am I being authentic? So recognize that every part of our journey is going to ask more of you like every next level of you is going to ask a new version to arise and so the more we show up each time that's what i think this life is amazing because it's all about personal growth and knowing that there is no actual destination like you know getting to that happy enlightenment bliss state is wonderful <laughs> but then what happens like okay so that's great it's all about the ups and downs so having compassion for yourself and being joyful even in the time when your life isn't going super great all of that is part of a fulfilled life yeah i love that the, the other day someone i forgot who it was but really gave this analogy of the stock market right so over time you want it to go up yeah. right you want to get better but still there's going to be these ups and these downs right there's going to be this like constant zigzagging back and forth but in general the trajectory should be up and so it's about embracing Always. even the downs right even if you're good right even if you're happy there's going to be moments that break you again there's going to be moments where you fall down again and so just realizing that, yeah, like you say, you never dare, you've never arrived, but it's a continuous process. Yeah. And what I would add to that, I love what you're saying too, because it's really what I found too. And I was just talking to a coaching client yesterday about this because they said, I feel like I'm back where I was. Like I'm going through the same things that are popping up. And then we looked at it and we said, actually, no, you are so much farther ahead. Two years ago, you had the same thing happen, but look at how you're handling it now. And so if we really go into our life and we think about Yes, I'm having a moment that is disturbing me or I'm going through a month or um, a whole year. Like some of us have years or multiple years of like a lot of stuff where it's just like, okay, life keeps hitting us with troubling things mm. and realize that you're dealing with it, hanging out with it. You have the tools now, especially if you're listening to stuff like this, you have more resources. So in that sense, you're actually so much farther ahead than you were before. And it's a beautiful process to know, oh, this is what growth is. This is, I'm growing because I can, and that's the difference for me. People are like, oh, you write about happiness. So are you happy all the time? And I'd be like, that'd be like superhuman. Are you yeah. <laughs> I had a moment just the other day, like a couple weeks ago where I was crying and depressed. And then the very next day I got out of it. That's the difference. I bounced back much quicker. Whereas before my whole entire decade, my life was something's wrong with me. I suck. Life is hard. Whereas now it's like a moment and you come right back out because of the tools, because of the self-love, because of the self-awareness. Yes. I love this idea of bouncing back quicker, right? Cause that's really how we change. It's not that the external world gets easier. It's that we become stronger. It's that we yes. learn to, you know, that same failure, that same adversity hits us that hit us a couple of years ago. And back then it would have whacked us up like 
straight out of the way, right? And now we're able to bounce back. Now we're able to get back yeah. in our game. So love that, what you're saying here. Yeah, and I also think it has this beautiful, there's lessons. So for example, I had my rock bottom when I was in advertising and I got depressed, was diagnosed with depression and, and that was a rock bottom. And then I, eight years later, had another depression. It looked very different. It was caused from a different thing, like a grief, an actual grief, but depression is depression. And so now it's about learning what you need to learn from each thing. So if you're going through something that feels totally unrealistic how you're going to move forward and you're just stuck in it because I think a lot of us are stuck there's a lot of fear on the planet right now there's a lot of people who are feeling hopeless and like who am I to move forward and be happy so many people I talk to are are like how dare I be joyful or go to try to be happy when the world is in so much pain and I think this is a real thing that we want to talk about because I say how dare you not because one person loving themselves one person choosing joy is the best and most powerful way we can make a difference in the world because it's one less person hurting one less person who's stuck in shame hate guilt and fear and people who love themselves do kind things people who choose joy are compassionate to other people and so it's not just about you at all it has nothing to do with you really because it's about uplifting the whole community your family your loved ones and so choose joy like choose self-love and watch how your world changes Wow, I absolutely love that. This idea, like, how dare you not to love yourself, right? How dare you not to be the best self? Because the reality is, right, that, like, when we're hurting, we're also pulling everybody else down. But when we're happy, we give other people around us the opportunity to also increase the joy they're feeling on a daily basis. And I think that is so important to remember that how we feel, there's this emotional contagion happening, right? Like, how we feel affects everybody around us. So if you're, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of people that, like, you know, they're, they're giving up their lives thinking that like because of their family, because of their kids, they need to sacrifice everything. But what they end up sacrificing is their own happiness. When they're miserable, when they're anxious, when they're depressed, that's going to affect everybody in their lives. And so talk to us a little bit about how we can start to put love and happiness first rather than always trying to you know, always, always make it right for everybody else. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned this because I see this so much and I feel so many of us feel stuck and we feel like we can't go after what we want because of X, Y, Z. And I think that there are also periods of our life, periods, if we look at our life as, as seasons, I started to recently do this, seasons of your soul, so to speak, where you're sometimes in a season of like lots of stuff happening, you're out there living your dreams and other times where you're in a season of a lot of inner work, calm, um, and also seasons of giving. And so when I, there's two parts to this because I think so many people are caretakers, maybe they're caring for aging parents or they're caring for their kids. And they're like, I get this a lot too. I just wrote the book, Joy Seeker, right? Joy Seeker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I asked myself when my dog Tucker died, what's something you've always wanted to do, but have not given yourself permission to do. And my inner voice said, travel the world full time. So I literally set out to travel the world full time for nine months, almost a wow. year and wrote about it. And that's what this book is about. The lessons, to, because that was the biggest dream in my heart of heart for four, almost three decades and living that, what does it take to actualize your deepest, deepest desire, living a life beyond your wildest dreams? What does that mean? However, and so I get messages from people that say, well, that's great. You're not married and you don't have kids. So of course you can go travel. Okay. But the point is it's about being authentic for you. 
And so if you are a person who really does want to travel, but you haven't even shared with your spouse, like, hey, I want to maybe go for a trip, that means there's still a part of you that's hiding. And so what it comes back down to is being who you're meant to be by being honest with yourself about what you want. And what I found to kind of circle back to the second point is there are moments in our life where we are really required and being asked uh, to show up for other people and take that time. So when Tucker, my other dog, was senior dog, I basically, I travel a lot for my work as a, as a speaker, keynote speaker, retreat leader. In his final year, he died of old age. I saw him deteriorating. Like he couldn't even walk towards the end of his life. He needed help. Wow. And there was so much assistance needed, but it was a it was a process where I felt like I was giving up some of my dreams, which was traveling and speaking on stages, in order to be there for him and give him the best quality life for the end of his life. And so it becomes, if you're in a place where you feel stuck, look at why you're feeling stuck and instead give yourself permission to be in this part of your life as far as I'm going to choose to make the most of what situation I am in. Because as soon as Tucker did pass, I knew that I did everything in my capacity to do, make his life good. But then also it led to me traveling the world full time. So you never know what's around the corner when you show up for the assignment that's right in front of you. Yeah, I'm so glad you're mentioning this, that, that it's really seasons to our lives, right? And sometimes there are these external influences that we can't control, right? Sometimes you're a student maybe, and you, or maybe you don't have the money at the moment, you can't travel yet. But it doesn't mean yeah. you need to be miserable, right? It doesn't mean right. you need to be inauthentic. You can still put those dreams out there, right? You can say, maybe in two years I'll do it, right? You can plan for it. Maybe you have kids, right? You can't travel the world. Maybe you can do a long vacation, whatever it is. But I think you can always bring authenticity. And like you say, mention it to everybody you know, right? If you have that big mm -hmm. dream, literally tell everybody about it. Because otherwise, it just means you're holding back the true version of yourself, which is really, I think, doing everybody this service. Yeah, and I think that there is a dream that all of us have in our hearts of hearts of hearts. And a lot of times I talk to people and they say, I don't know what I want. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole section in my last book, Joy Seeker, about when we say we don't know what we want, a lot of the times it's because we're terrified of admitting what will happen when we actually either get it or what happens if we don't get it. If you admit that I really want this thing and then we feel out of control because part of making it come true, we don't have control over. Like if you really want a soulmate, you don't know if it's possible, like, or if you really, really want to, like, you know, travel the world or whatever. It's, there's certain things we can take, steps we can take, but at some point, a lot of it requires that final part is radical trust and faith in the universe. There's a part of it where we have to basically jump and will the net appear? The human part of us is terrified. So we stay in a place of uh, comfort in a place of, I don't know what I want, even though your heart is like, write that book, write that book, go travel, go call that friend again, you know, but you're like, I don't know what I want. So the whole point here is the, the how is in the now, meaning how I hear all the time, how do I do this? How do I write a book? And I often say, well, are you writing? And they're like, no. I'm like, first step, start writing, <laughs> yes. right? Except I want to start a podcast. Okay. Have you reached out to anyone? No. Like, you know, right? The how is in the now, but the bigger part is we learn the way on the way. So one step at a time, we'll build more clarity. It builds more confidence and it totally gives you more of what you need to get the bigger picture. So just if you're looking for a power mantra, remember, and you feel stuck, the how is in the now. And also we learn the way on the way. What step can I take right now? And that will lead you forward. 
This is so powerful. I absolutely love that because the challenge is for so many times we, we have these big dreams, but people don't know how to actually bring them into reality, into the current now. And like you're saying, there's so many people that say, I want to write a book. But if you ask them, have, have you ever written even like a single sentence, right? They're like, no, then how can you write a book? Like, how do you know it's actually the right thing? And I think so much of this is really exploring and trying yes. things out and, and experimenting really, right? Because you don't know if you actually want to write a book if you've never written a single sentence, if you've never you know, even tried and got started. So I think part of it is really just, like you say, like engaging with the thing that you think might be interesting. And maybe you find it's not for me. Maybe you find there's parts of it for me and then I can change direction, right? But I think That's exactly simply it. taking a time, even if it's just 10 minutes a day to try out the thing that you want to do is so important. Now, yeah, yeah. To that point, though, just real quick, I feel like it's about nourishing the nudge. So if you have little nudges, go for it. But I love that you said, if you go for it and you find out it's not for you, that's okay. Because one of the other joy busters that totally stops us is expectations. Yes. Expectations on how we think it's supposed to look. Expectations that our life is supposed to turn out a certain way. And when we do things, we only want to do them if we think they're going to succeed on a human level. Like if I write a book, I want people to like it. I want it to be popular. If I go, if I go, you know, put myself out there dating again, I want it to lead to my soulmate, you know, whatever it is. And so the thing about this is the most beautiful gift we can give ourselves is to recognize that our life is a, an amazing, glorious, unfolding, creative adventure. And what this means is Going to explore your heart's desires is the most important thing you can do for yourself in the world and releasing the outcome because you learn more about yourselves and you grow. So there's always clarity and it doesn't always look like what you thought. So for example, I was going to write my book, Adventures for Your Soul, three books ago, and I knew I wanted to move to Hawaii. I was planning on moving there full time. So I moved there for three months mm -hmm. to write the book. And it, I was like, I'm going to be a Hawaiian, like surf every day. This is my oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> I even went through the process to get my dog quarantined. Anyways, while I was there, it was opposite of what I thought. Being on an island, I had YouTube channel at the time and my, my videos wouldn't upload because of the slow bandwidth, <laughs> tsunami warming, warnings, Shoot. cockroaches flying in my home. <laughs> like it wasn't that what was they like, showed in the magazines, I guess. <laughs> no, I was like, wait a second, I've been in Hawaii before and this is the, this is like the living Hawaii. Like when yeah. you live here after a long time, the, the like rodents will, you know, whatever. So the whole point was I recognized that I had to explore that dream and it was the best gift I gave to myself because then I learned, okay, you don't want to live here full time. But if I never went, I'd be sitting here 10 years later thinking, what if, what if, what if, what if? And the number one regret we have on our dying bed is I wish I would have lived a life true to myself, not the one others expected of me. Yes, love that. And in fact, I mean, the whole reason I started this show, Quest for Greatness, what really inspired me to take this name is that at the end of the day, what like it doesn't matter if you're going to succeed or fail at that big dream of your life. At the end of the day, what matters is that you pursue it, that you yes. go after it, right? That you take that dream and instead of thinking about it, instead of like you say on that deathbed, you're like, ah, oh, I wish I'd gone for it, that you go for it. Not because you're going to succeed, but because it makes you a better human being because it actually brings you joy on a daily basis. And I think that's something yes. we oftentimes forget that the purpose of goals is to actually make us come more alive on a daily basis. And so once you realize that, you can let go of all these expectations, like you say, right? You can let go of, am I gonna win? Are people gonna like it? And it's just like, I love it. 
I love the process of writing. I love the process of doing the thing. So let me do that. And that I That's think exactly is right. so important. Now, what do you, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of memento mori of this ancient idea of remember death. So the day that you're going to die, what do you want written on your tombstone? Mm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, but I love, love, love that question. And I thought about it, but I think that ultimately um, it, it changes every day. So I, I don't, I, what I know is each day today, I live knowing that life is not guaranteed. So today could be the very last day of my life. And so I make every choice, every interaction, every thought intentional. And I choose love and I choose compassion and I choose to really focus on joy. And so maybe it would be something like that. <laughs> Absolutely love that. <laughs> you still have a lot of time, hopefully, to, to really explore that. So I sure hope I mean, so. I'd like yeah. to live a long time and keep writing books. <laughs> yes, yes. So what pr brings you personally the most happiness in your life? I have a lot of, I call them joy lists or joy. Um, I love connecting with people. So I love here. Be, I love being here with you. This is, this has been such and is such a great conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I love writing. Writing is my therapy. And in the past I tend to write about what I need to learn. So I needed to learn about how to seek joy within myself. I needed to learn about self-love. I wrote a book on self-love. I needed to learn about happiness. But now um, my next book is about what I've learned and like putting it into a lesson and like a kind of a plan. And so it's kind of neat to see how I'm evolving as a writer. I absolutely love expressing myself creatively. I'm a creator. I used to be a graphic designer. So I still do a lot of grand creation, like my graphics and stuff for my website and my book covers. And I love animals so much. I love animals. I love my family too. And I love people. I really do love humanity. Absolutely love that. Now, before I ask my final question, where can listeners connect with you online? So what's your website, you know, favorite social media platforms, whatever it is. Yes. So my website is playwiththeworld.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, you can actually download a free meditation to help you manifest and visualize your ideal life on playwiththeworld.com. My website is, um, well, my website is Play With The World, but my Instagram, I'm always on Instagram and Facebook posting positive messages, uplifting articles, chapters for my books. It's Shannon Kaiser Writes. So Shannon Kaiser writes my first and last name. And then my newest book is Joy Seeker. It's available at any bookstore and everything we talked about today. If you're looking to go deeper, that is a good one to dive into. Fantastic. Going to link to that. Now, my final question, what is your quest for greatness? So what is that big vision that you want to bring into this world? Yeah. So, um, well, that's, so my personal quest is different than my quest of what I'm bringing into the world, but I ultimately am here to guide people and help people connect to their true self so they can live the life that they were made for. And ultimately that's my quest for myself. And so that looks like a lot of inner work, a lot of being open to the journey and a lot of choosing to be a joy seeker, like <laughs> choosing joy, no matter what. All right, guys, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to you know, not just 
listen to this passively, to not just consume this, you know, passively just thinking about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained and start applying them to your life. To really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now guys, at this point, I wanna ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know, if you have a family member, a friend, a loved one maybe, that you think could benefit from this content, please consider, you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them, as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now, guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really, really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.